Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Listening to this week's episode of The Middle Podcast, where your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. In today's episode, we cover a ton of things. We travel back into the past, Ooh. way, way back into the past, <laughs> as we chat about past lives. We reco something for your peepers and something for your insides. I have a good old whinge. And then it's time for our favorite segment Guess That Celebrity Natal Chart. And this week, we've got a Hollywood starlet. We think you're going to love it, but first, Holly, how's your week been? Well, I mean, I can't complain seeing as I'm sitting in your couch, in your couch with you. <laughs> Guys, we're actually sitting in the cushion of the couch right now and we're like emerging. <laughs> it's really good to be here in Byron Jord. It's been a big week emotionally. Um, Trent's nan passed away. Yeah. And so just holding him in that grief has been important and priority for me. Uh, that said... It's also been great to be up here with you and spend some time with my gal. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. It's been, it's been, um, it has been a big week. It's been a big week here because it's been like raining yes. non-stop. I think we're on day five or six, although it's not raining this morning, which is nice. And the rain is so needed. Like it's, it's this real kind of battle because we're all so happy that it's here, but we actually haven't been able to leave the house and it's been like proper flooded like underwater flooded it's actually insane i've never seen so much rain in my life yeah it's crazy and it's it's so beautiful but it just really stops you from doing anything (laughs) well what have you done this week what's been a highlight um well i had actually had a past life Mm. um regression reading oh my gosh and i've had past life work done before but not specifically for the past lives. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. We do it in kinesiology sessions all the time. Past life stuff will come up. But this was specifically traveling back into three past lives. And then I guess you kind of bring messages and insight from each past life to heal or to um, get clarity around stuff that's currently going on. So what came up for you? It was really interesting. It was... Um, It's kind of hard to explain because it's so very personal, Mm. I guess, past life stuff that comes up. But I guess it was all around kind of my second book that I'm writing at the moment and some of the themes that are playing out in that. Right. That I've really struggled to uh, contextualize in a way and also express in a way that makes sense for me but also for other people Mm. and so this past life regression was just it it was just the craziest thing because it really pulled very significant poignant messages out from my subconscious obviously yeah and um they were very relevant to what I'm going through but it's this funny thing because I, I know you've had past life readings before it's like 
You feel like you're making it up. Yes. Because basically, I'll, I'll, you tell me your experience, but I'll just tell the, read, the readers, the listeners what- Maybe they're readers as well. Maybe they're readers as well. <laughs> Future readers. What, I, what, I, what it was like. So Please. basically, um, I had my past life regression with um, Kirsten, who runs Amala One. We'll put her details in the show notes. Mm. She basically took me through a guided meditation of sorts, I guess, um, and I won't go around the specifics of that, but she basically takes you to a higher consciousness and then brings you back into your body and then asks you questions about a life that you've landed in. And basically you feel like you're making it up yeah. because I, I can't speak for other people, but I got visuals straight away. But I was like, well, where are these visuals coming from? And is this just my very active imagination? Totally. But you just have to go with it. And the stuff that comes out is just profound um my three lives were very different i saw i'm not a hugely visual person i have to say but i saw things so clear and vivid that i was like where is this coming from like i've never imagined these scenes before yeah and um the messages that came out at the end of each life were so um profound and I thought to myself well look even if you are making this up or even if this is just your imagination you're still pulling these profound statements that are helping you with this problem you've walked in with from your subconscious so whether it's just an exploration into self Mm. or an exploration into past self Mm. I don't think it actually matters it doesn't I guess what matters is your intention when you do step into a past life regression or a past life reading is are you going with a challenge and do you leave feeling less challenged do you leave feeling inspired and uplifted and in my experience with the past life readings that I've sought out in the past (laughs) in this lifetime though um, I've left feeling filled up whether the past lives that came up were truth or not yeah they resonated to a point where it made me feel more aligned with purpose and things that I had going on in my life at the time so I absolutely relate to that George yeah my past life experiences have been uh a few years ago I sought out off the back of a kinesiology session, a past life reader, and she reads from the Akashic records. I'm mm, not sure if you've heard. Yeah. yeah. The, the Akashic records, are, it's almost like a spiritual library based in, I think it's a seventh dimension. And every person has their own like logs and logs and logs. Imag- I imagine it as books and books and books of all of your lives that you've lived. Yeah. And your spirit guides or your guides are actually the ones who can access these. So, the Akashic reader that I sought out, the first thing she does is ask for permission from your guides to access certain pieces from your Akashic records. Amazing. So amazing. And they direct her to the lives that I'm needing to kind of reconcile within this lifetime. So was she telling you about your lives? You weren't telling her about your she lives. She was telling me. Interesting. So I yeah, very different experience yeah. to yours where she was and she worked with the chakras. So she would tune in she's like okay your guides are showing me this lifetime it's around your sacral and this is what's coming up for you you were you know in spain you're a belly dancer true story uh all of these things when i was seeing her i was grappling with femininity and sensuality and she showed me these two polar opposite lifetimes that i lived one where i where i was very uh 
virginal French provincial kind of like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. That's what I likened it to. Oh my God, that's so good. (laughs) And then there was another lifetime where I was this like Spanish belly dancer and I was very promiscuous and I used my body. And in both of these lifetimes, there was this conflict of both didn't end well. And so in this lifetime, me reconciling, how do I grapple between both of those? You know? So interesting. Yeah. I love it. I think the thing that um, has hit me the most about this past life stuff. And and like I said, I've done a lot of past life stuff before where someone has told me what's going on and it's resonated so deeply about the thing that we're trying to heal, which Zoe, Zoe does a lot in kinesiology. Yeah. But with this one, because I was telling the story, I had that reading a week – oh, it was a, just over a week ago mm. – I still can see all three of those lives so vividly. Yes. And when I explained the last life to you and I explained it in detail, you could see it so vividly. I can still see it so vividly. Yeah. It's it's just – It was like a Disney movie, guys. It was like a Disney – well, yeah, it was. But it was just – yeah. I think when it starts to really – feel it, it's almost I'm just trying to explain this properly because I want people to understand it it's like your cells have remembered it yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and it's like this real visceral experience of actually being there not just seeing it on a screen or reading about it in a book or someone telling you this is this is it it's like it's like a memory that's been access and restored. Exactly what I was going to say, Jord. It's remembering. And I'm not sure I was going to say, we've all heard those stories, maybe not, of there's a particular book written about that one four-year-old who started to describe in detail his past life. And it was a true timeline life, like entire lifetime that he recounted at four years old that he remembered. No, nonfiction book true story. Oh. He, he, this little four-year-old boy was like, yeah, I was in this, I did this. I think he was an athlete, Olympian. I'm sorry. I should have researched this. If you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, please pop it in the facey group. Yeah. And he recounted his life in detail to the point where this man who had passed away had living family members who were like, yeah, how does that four-year-old random kid know? Wow. Yeah. So we do, we do have these memory points that I feel we're accessing when we're sitting and and being read. Yeah, that's so interesting. Have you ever had a past life experience or an experience with someone in this lifetime where you're like, we've had lives before? Oh, absolutely. Pretty much everyone I've ever dated, I've definitely had some sort of past life connection with them. Mm. I don't. And and also a lot of my friends, definitely. I think when you start to really connect with your soul, that is such a lame thing to say. No, it isn't. It's all about connecting with soul. (laughs) (laughs) When you start to do a lot of this work, I think you attract your – also hate this word, tribe – but you attract your people, right? And I think that the the most significant people in my life are part of my soul family. Yeah. Um, And I've definitely been through lifetimes with them before in lots of different ways. I know um, my long-term – probably the longest relationship I've had. We had many, many, many lifetimes together, mostly as lovers. Mm. And um, I know this because, like I said, it comes up all the time, but our familiarity and our connection 
transcended time and space. Do you yes. know what I mean? And yes. it just it wasn't something that could have just developed in this lifetime. It was too wounded. Great word. Yeah. There was too many wounds and deeps that weren't actually of this life, but that we both felt so deeply. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think what you can take out of past life readings and like, cause what's the point? Like why relive the past? Yeah. It's like, it's time to heal some of those loops because otherwise what happens is they keep playing out. Yeah, yeah, it's a karmic thing, right? It's a karmic thing. And I spoke about it in Make It Happen with my twin flame. Yes. We we severed that twin flame karmic tie probably just before the book was written. Wow. And it's almost like the relationship never existed now. And I, I was deep in that for 12 years thinking that I would never get out of that loop. But I think what happens is when these people come back in, you either express the relationship or the friendship or, you know, it can be a familial relation in a different way and either close the book on it or give it a new life. Yeah, you know? I love that. It's interesting in um, one of my past life readings, it was focused around my relationship with Trenny and uh, what she saw was that the reason that we are so solid in this lifetime together, like we've been, it's been 12 years now, no breaks. We've just been in with each other. It's been hard, but we fight for each other. And all of these things is that we missed each other in all other lifetimes. And so there were moments where it was close, but we were never together. Mm. And that's why in this lifetime, we're like, no, we're not, we're not fucking around here. Like we've had multiple lifetimes where we've just not, it's not happened. In fact, she said there was a lifetime where he was one of my guides and I was like off doing my thing yeah. and we were like, nah, in this lifetime we're together. So I found that really interesting it's as well. So, it's so, so interesting. Mm. It's also, you know, when you feel a deep connection with a stranger or someone you've just met, it's like those little niggles that this isn't a new yeah. a new meeting or a first-time meeting. Yeah. And I think it's about honouring that stuff as well. Absolutely. And really, and really kind of exploring things like that. I have a strong connection with a friend of mine where when we met it was like, holy shit, we yeah. know each other and we've gone through this massive healing together where there's real emotion in it, George, which feels – like you said, like you're sitting there and you're feeling it viscerally, like past life experiences coming up where you're sobbing and going, what is this grief that I'm feeling? Yeah. It feels like you, you can't explain where this emotion is coming from, but it's stored so deeply because you've carried it for lifetimes and lifetimes, not years and years. Totally. Yeah, it's wild. I actually ha- I also had a reading. God, it's been a wild week, guys. I also had a nagel chart <laughs> reading this week with Jules Ferrari. Um, a transits and progressions reading, which basically looks at where your natal chart is currently sitting in the cosmos, like Mm. all the alignments that are happening in 2020. Mm. Um, And she, you know, we spoke about a lot of really exciting things, but one of the things we spoke about, which we hadn't spoke about in a past natal chart reading was my Lilith. And I actually don't know much about Lilith. Tell me what Lilith is. Well, I can't really, because I don't (laughs) really know, but what she gathered from, the house that my Lilith was in and the sign that my Lilith was in, I think it's the ninth house in Pisces, if that means anything to anyone. No. Um, <laughs> but she was saying, you know, looking at this, this is big witch energy. Yeah. And you've been a witch and a teacher, a spiritual teacher for many, 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 many lifetimes. And I wanted to bring that up because I think this um, idea of the witch energy that yeah. many of the women listening to this podcast would have. And I think most women have it. It goes back to those Salem times. Absolutely. 
and the witch trials and, and being on trial. And I know that whenever I see some sort of doco on it or some sort of um, reenactment of it or whatever it might be, I feel it so deep in my core and in my heart Yeah, that there's no way that we weren't part of those trials. It's interesting you say that, Jord. When I was in year 11, I was – um, in a play, yeah. and I was Abigail in The Crucible, oh. Salem Witch Trials, right? Yeah. And I connected with that character in a way that 16-year-old Holly, it didn't make sense to, but I, yeah. I was her. And it's also interesting that we see, especially as coaches, I, I think you'd see the same, we get a lot of women coming to us who are terrified to speak their truth or to really step into their power. And if you look back through lifetimes and lifetimes of persecution and literally being burned at the stake mm. for being seen, for standing up for women, all of these things, is it any wonder we've got this this fear that feels like we're going to die? Because yeah. in the past, well, we did. Yeah, and I guess the other way of looking at it is it, it it's a wound of our ancestors as well. So yeah. whether we were actually there in a past life, like yeah. our soul was there, or it was just our great, 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 great grandmother, whatever, how many greats it is, it's still part of our energetic imprint. Absolutely. And it's funny, I um I haven't had this, but I've had I've heard lots about it in different um circles where some women will have this real thing about anything being around their neck. Do you have that? I had it come up with my session with Zoe last week. I was I was yeah, yeah. either hung or choked. Yeah. And it was like yeah, it makes me emotional talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 little things like that. Like I I've spoken about it on the potty before, but I suffer from claustrophobia, but it's really about being buried alive. (sighs) Yeah, I know. Right. And even when I say that, like, I know I've been buried, I know I've been buried alive because I can feel the dirt going into my mouth, you know? And so it's when you have things like that, it's like, well, where did this stuff, where did this stuff come? Right, it's not logical, and also we're not insane, surely. Surely, (laughs) but this is what I I, I joke about it all the time because I'm terrified of the ocean. I love the ocean, and I swim in the ocean as often as I can. But you're the same, big waves. Yeah, it's like oh, I must have drowned in a past life, like because that makes no sense to me. You know, I heard a very interesting thing the other day that blew my mind, and I hope that your mind's not going to get blown, but maybe you'll have. An answer. <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of mine had seen a psychic and um, she's also a medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually Jennifer, who you're oh, going to see next week. I'm so excited. Been a big week, she, <laughs> she um, basically reads your – she she basically has past relatives that have passed that come through. Yes. If you have anyone significant that you want to come through, and they do. So I had all four of my grandparents. They all came through. Wow. But my friend who'd seen her had said to her, if my grandmother is coming through, does that mean that she hasn't reincarnated or will not reincarnate in a new life? It's a really good Can question. she be spirit and be a reincarnation? I don't think so. Well, Jen- Jennifer said. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer said that she can because what's happening is the spirit – of the last life becomes the spirit, the soul carries on into a new life. Do you know what? That makes total sense. Yes. And also when you think of your higher self and your human self, yeah. that they're, you're actually you're not the same thing. There's yeah. a separation. Yeah. I never thought of it like I'd that, I'd never George. either. When, when Erin told me, I was like, 
whoa. <laughs> no, you've blown my mind. Yeah. And I'm someone who used to connect with people who passed. I would just assume because they're so – their energy is so real that how could they possibly be Yeah, but it's, the, it's their spirit because what – if if everyone got stuck in the spirit realm, then no one would be reincarnating. And if everyone reincarnated, like you couldn't be like, oh, medium, like I want to talk to my – you know, my dad's so grandmother true. and they're like, oh, she's not up there. No, she's like, back. No, she's definitely She's your next door neighbour now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that baby next door, grandma. <laughs> well, what about to the listeners that are listening to this going, I don't believe in reincarnation? Yeah, okay. Well, that's your prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have to say on that. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, absolutely. Like, if you don't believe in it, you don't believe in it. And, and it's funny because, I mean, I definitely believe in reincarnation. But I, I don't believe that – well, no, I, I mean, I, I, what I was about to say just before you said that was that I've got a, another friend who believes that her her boyfriend died when they were quite young and a mutual friend of theirs had a son and uh, – no, a daughter actually. And she, the father of this daughter and my friend both believe that it – is the boyfriend reincarnated? It's just way they're just way too similar. Oh my god! I think that's very rare. I think to leave a lifetime or a, a generation and come back in the same generation, yes, is what a lot of people can't get their head around. But a lot of the time when we're reincarnating, and of course I'm pulling this from my ass. I mean, this just feels like a deep knowing of mine. Well, you are a self-protected projector, and we know it all, so it's fine. <laughs> is that? You're usually coming through a few generations later. That's true. It's so true. What I want to say on this as well is should this pique listeners' interest and they go to their past life reading, try not to set yourself up for the expectation, which I know I did, where it's like I'm I'm Cleopatra and Joan of Arc and, like, all of these amazing, like, ego-fueled figureheads because I think we can really attach to what we want our past life stories to be. That is so Leo of you because that did not even enter my brain. all the time I was like, I wonder which amazing figurehead I've been in a past life, (laughs) you know? And it's like maybe, and this is one of my past lives, maybe you were a simple farmer, male might I add, who killed all his sheep one day accidentally and now has a real protective mechanism with their pets. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of my lifetimes. Yeah, and I believe I believe that a lot of the ones that came up in the last life I did were very simple, everyday people. There was nothing significant about them, but their story and their message was very significant, powerful. Yeah, and I feel like when you feel it at that visceral level, there's a, there is truth in it. Yeah, it's so it's so insane. What would you say to a listener? who is listening to this and going, great, I'm ready for a past life reading. I want to do one. Yeah. How do, how do you prepare for something like that? Well, it's interesting that you say that because Kirsten, who I did it with, she said to me, I wouldn't usually take a new client through a past life reading yeah. um, who hasn't done energy work with her before okay. because it is quite an advanced tool and she's she's holding she's holding your energy while you go in but I can see some people being traumatized by what they see yeah and there were the last life I had was so beautiful but it upset me a lot like I was very upset by it yeah um and she held space while I cried you know but I think for some people it might be hard to hold their energy in that so I would maybe if you haven't done a lot of 
energy work, maybe just do a little bit of that. I agree with you, George. And then think about having a past life reading. If you're an old hat at this, and I'm sure many of you are, then yeah, I, I think give it a go. I think it's just really, it's something to be curious about. It's not something to get a reading and then live your life by what comes out of it. No. It's just to open up a new perspective maybe or, or find an answer. Clarification, confirmation. Yeah. And I like what you said around maybe starting with some energy work first because bef- we're both the same. We're very big advocates of kinesiology and energetic healing in that way. And then the Akashic Records was a more gentle approach for me because it was her reading the records for me. Yeah. So there was that intuitive reading kind of element to mm. it. And I feel like the next step would be something that you've just experienced. Like yeah. I haven't even gone there yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, Jord, what are you recoing for us today? Well, I'm recoing um, <laughs> something on Netflix. Oh, my God. Surprise, surprise. I'm so excited about this recommendation. <laughs> well, um, the day that it dropped on Netflix, which was a week ago now, but we recorded the last potty the day after it went out. Um, sorry, the day before it went out, so we didn't get to talk about it, is, of course, the Miss Americana documentary with Taylor Swift. Cannot. We've we've both watched it twice now. Yeah. Holly and I watched it together last night. Um, and oh. we've watched it separately the week before. When it first came out, we were like, let's watch it at the same time together, but in separate <laughs> parts of the state. <laughs> so funny. Um, uh, look, you you guys know that we're big T-Swift fans, but it was just, I, th- I think it was so well done. They'd yeah. obviously been filming it for years. Yeah. Like it, it's a, it was a long time in the making. Um, it I don't feel like it gave me an insight into things I didn't already know. It just kind of put them all in a timeline for me to be like, whoa. 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 And she's such an incredible woman. Um, and, and what Holly and I were saying last night that blew our minds is, I mean, we always knew T. Swift was talented. But the way that she writes music and lyrics and composes songs is next level genius like you can see her actually downloading yeah, it's a totally channeled experience yeah it, it and that and that's what we were saying last night jord we're like people don't appreciate how much of a gift that is because every pop star in the world is not doing that and she's been doing that since she was what 11 years old mm. it's unbelievable yeah and it, yeah it's a long it's a long journey it's been a long journey right it's been 20 years of hard work as well i was like oh shit she's been grinding yeah and also like reinventing herself and like going away and going okay that wasn't working so what am i going to come back with next yes it was yeah, it, it, I I love it. Even if you are not a T Swift fan, I highly recommend watching it. Like it was so good. Just in terms of getting into someone's psych, like it, it was a psychological matrix at one point, and her dealing with bullying and body image issues. Like she was so transparent. I know. I I cried when we watched. <laughs> she it did. Yesterday. She cried. It was so cute. I can't even remember what part I was crying was about. Was it at Meredith? <laughs> Meredith's thank you. No, it was just, I just felt so bad for her, you know, like especially after the Kanye stuff, it was just like, what a douchebag, guys. Kanye West is a douche. Oh, just absolutely. Watch it. She was bullied horrendously. Horrendously, publicly, like disgusting. Anyway, 
watch Miss Americana with T-Swift. Woo! Holly, what is your reco this week? I'm recommending a book, guys. I'm trying to read more this year. And this is an old school book, I guess you could call it. Um, It's Deepak Chopra's Perfect Health. Now, the reason that I picked this up in the first place, Geordie, is I'm not very familiar with Ayurvedic teachings, but Ayurveda has always appealed to me, and I know I've spoken to you about it a a lot, Uh, and I didn't know the first thing when it came to what my dosha was or what the different, yeah, how you eat according to dosha and how you move according to your dosha and these sorts of things. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, that means you need to read the book. But basically what I got from the book, I I could not put it down first and foremost. It's the first nonfiction book that I've read in probably 18 months. And I devoured it in a week because it resonated so strongly with me around how our health is designed to be in a state of perfection and it's how we treat it and look after it and, and value it that will depend on, you know, whether we get sick or what we do when we get sick and these sorts of things. Uh, I loved the quiz, figuring out what my dosha was, because now I am someone who does get easily inflamed by the most random foods. Like I've done the tests with the naturopaths, things like tomato set me off. But knowing my dosha, it makes sense. Mm. And so now I'm able to, uh, because I am vata kapha, So nourishing myself with, you know, warm liquids rather than the smoothie that I want to have this morning and these sorts of things. It's really, really been helpful and opened my eyes to a new way of looking after my health. Yeah, I think Ayurvedic health is the answer to most people's inflammatory problems. Yes. I I studied Ayurveda for a really long time and I went to India and did Ayurvedic cooking classes over there. And it, it is amazing. I think... Um, what I personally struggle with a lot was a lot of rice and pulses. That's a big part and of the diet. And also dairy. I was surprised by that. Yes. But you'll notice that it's a lot of like ghee, which actually has the milk solids taken out of it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, on another note, <laughs> I actually think everyone should be eating ghee. It's done wonders for my gut. Really? Yeah. It's really great. I just add it to veggies when I'm cooking veggies and stuff like that. It's really great. I don't use it at all. Try it. Okay. Try it. That's a bonus reco for you guys. Yeah, bonus reco. Um, But I'm a pitta. Yes. Yes. So, which is funny because we're the same in everything except Ayurveda. Oh, my God. Does this mean (laughs) we're nuts? (laughs) But I know for me, like, anything that increases heat, I just find so overwhelming because I already run so hot. Trent's a pitter as well. Yeah. He hasn't done the test, but he's you totally a pitter. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I couldn't get enough of heat. Like, yeah. I can't get enough of it. But if it's damp and wet and cold, yeah, it, I'm so triggered. <laughs> so I could never live in the UK. So, I haven't read this book. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'd love for you to read it. You know what I might lend you because it's a great cookbook yes. is um, Eat Right for Your Shape, which is Lee Holmes's cookbook. Oh, it's an Ayurvedic Lee. cookbook. But obviously, if you're listening, Lee, I don't think she is. Um, oh, it's my publisher. It's Murdoch. I think that they thought oh, if the title had Ayurveda in it, it wouldn't sell as well. But oh. it is an Ayurvedic cookbook. And I love Lee. There's another reco for you guys. Jeez. Getting yeah, re- I, I love She's work. one of those, and I've said this to her face, so she knows it. She's one of the few cookbook authors where I'll actually stick to the recipe. Really? Yeah. That's I a lot coming from you. Implicitly. That's really good to know. Yeah. Because you're obviously a master chef. Oh my gosh. Oven bake peach and berry pancake. Yeah. Yum. Oh, to balance kaffa. Yes. Yeah, so this love is it. amazing. Yeah. Lee. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks, so girl. I'm excited. Uh, so that's this week's Recos. Love it. So, Jord, it's everyone's favourite segment. Actually, it's it's received some great feedback, hasn't it? <laughs> it really has. The weekly whinge is a success. We love it. Uh, so, it's your turn. What are we having a whinge about this week? Well, you know, I said at the beginning of the episode that it's been raining up here. It's been flooding. Mm. And I'm a really, I'm a really good driver. Like I'm not even just saying that. I actually think I'm a really good driver. You People are. feel very safe in the car with me. Yes. Um, and I'm not a, a particularly cautious driver, but when it is raining, I'm sorry, I can't see out of the windscreen and we, it gets very foggy up here as well. And I, I slow down. I have to slow down. Yeah. And not to like... 40 degrees, 40 degrees, 40 Ks in an 80 zone. No. But at least under 80. Absolutely. You know? And I've just experienced so much bullying this yes. week on the roads where people like sit on your ass and are speeding in the rain. And the, the road's actually quite slippery up here at the moment. And windy. Yeah. And I, I feel like a bit of a grandma whinging about it, but it's almost like it's this peer pressure that happens on oh, the road. Yes. And you feel like you have to just keep pleasing them. So you speed up even though you feel unsafe. And that's what it is, George, isn't it? It's the, the, Actually, my life is in danger right now because yeah. I don't feel safe driving like this and I also don't feel safe with this person up the back of me. So do I speed up? Like what do I do? What do you do in those situations? Well, it depends. Like I've been in a lot of situations this past week and also I'll tell you the story later, but I've been in a lot of flood situations. Before. Oh, my God, the flood story. <laughs> but I, um, if there's nowhere to pull over and it's heavy rain, you have to keep driving. Yeah. So I... If it's really foggy, I've actually put my hazards on yes. and slowed right down. Yes. Um, but if I'm just on the freeway and, like, traffic's moving, I just pull into the slow lane. Yeah. And um, slow down to a speed I feel comfortable at. And yeah. if that's making other people feel uncomfortable, well, they can overtake me. Yes. A lot of the time um, I will pull over if there's somewhere to pull over. But when you're on the freeway, there isn't. And no. it's more dangerous to try and pull over than to keep driving. That's what I was thinking yesterday because I drove in horrible conditions from the airport to yours yesterday. Yeah. Like could not, literally could not see on this freeway. And there were people pulling to the side of the freeway. And I tuned in. I was like, intuition, do I pull over? And it was like, no, just drive really slow yeah. because that can be more dangerous. But when I was coming up like Cooper Shoot Way, I was pulling over every chance I got because there were people riding up the back of me i know it's so bad so i guess the broader whinge here is about peer pressure on the roads and i experience it all the time yeah and sometimes you know i i'm i do speed sometimes guys like i'm not gonna lie i can't believe it but there are moments when and i do a lot of long distance driving when i'm in the fast lane and i'm already five to ten k's over the limit and somebody is riding my ass yeah and I can't migrate into the slow lane or the yeah. regular lane because there's traffic there or whatever. And you feel like you have to speed up to like 20 Ks over the speed limit just to let this asshole through. Yeah. And it is, it's like I'm putting my life in danger. I'm putting other people's lives in danger. I'm breaking the law all because someone's impatient behind me. Yeah. It is, I feel that peer pressure in my gut. Like mm. I literally feel it. And, and 
What I noticed I was doing yesterday was I was checking my rear vision mirror more to make sure there wasn't someone right at the back of me to make sure that they were okay yeah, and not me. Do you know when I do this as well is when you're at a T intersection and you need to turn and it's like you're crossing a T intersection and the gap's not big enough and then you see the people lining up behind you and it's like, oh, God, I'm holding all these people up. Why? I don't know. Mm. It's it's just like a – it's like – it's like the the issues that you face in like everyday life translate onto the road in this really like um, symbolic or concent- concentrated way, you know, because it's like everything's happening in real time, like in this really minute yeah. kind of like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I think the takeaway from this, I guess, is recognizing, yep, this is peer pressure I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling uncomfortable, but the priority for me right now is my life and my safety and if that means pulling over or going slow then you're not doing anything wrong no what are we what are we scared of at the end of the day upsetting the driver behind us well yeah and i guess road rage is a thing yeah but yeah i think it's just upsetting someone yeah so it is a people-pleasing thing it's a massive people-pleasing <laughs> thing fuck well thanks for helping me with my weekly yeah. <laughs> thanks for whinging i loved it i can't wait to hear your flood story yeah, if we have time at the end of the episode, I'll tell you the flood story because it is actually oh, it's, it's a saga. It's a gripping saga. It's a saga. Yeah, Get ready, good. guys. It's great. <laughs> so this week for guest this celebrity natal chart, Hollywood starlet Charlize Theron. Oh, great one! Great one! Great one! <clears throat> so inspired by our recent viewing of Bombshell. She's quite solid. She feels grounded to me. Okay. There's an earth placement. There is an earth placement, yes. It's her rising. Yes. I just want to park that for a second. Okay. There's no air. No. Hang on, so her there's an earth placement is her rising. She's gotta have fire if there's no air because she's a performer. Is that a question? No, that's okay. a statement. Her sun sign is fire. Yes. She's a Leo. Yes. I wonder if her moon would be t- I don't know why Taurus is gonna come out. Is her rising Taurus? No. Okay. So it's either cap. Her rising sign is Capricorn. No. Oh, my God. Her rising sign's Virgo. Yes. So she's Leo Virgo rising. Is she double earth? No. Okay. So she's water or fire. Well, sorry, guys. Royal Hobart Regatta in Tasmania tomorrow. Oh, shit. Get excited. (laughs) Tasmanian listeners, what are you doing for it? Maybe Charlize Theron will be there. Leo Virgo rising. No air. It's a fire moon. Yeah. Yeah, there's no water in her chart. No. Aries. No. Is she double Leo? Yeah. No way. Oh, my gosh, Charlize Theron. Double Leo, Virgo rising. See, I can connect with that. Yeah, I like it. She's born on the 7th of August. Oh, my God, the day before me? That's yeah. actually my papa's birthday. Well, there you go. There you go. I oh, love you, Charlie. She's also 5'9". Uh, 
in case you want to know how tall she is. Oh, I was like, what's that mean astrologically? <laughs> wow, that's really tall. Yeah. And her Chinese astrology is wood rabbit. <laughs> you segment, that. guys. I love that part. What's your Chinese astrology <laughs> animal slash element? What's yours? Rat. It's the year of oh, me. Oh, you. Yeah. It's my mum's year too. Yeah. I'm a snake. Because your mum and I were born the same year. Yeah. <laughs> guys, my mum had me really young. She was five. <laughs> it's a past life thing. It's a past life thing. George, we've got some time. Tell us, as we sit around the campfire, the story of floods gone by. Yeah, okay. So, um, gather around. So it was, uh, I'm trying to get the year right, but I'm pretty sure it was New Year's Eve 2007 going into the new year of 2008. Okay. And my boyfriend and I had booked a um, house up in Byron Bay for New Year's. And it was exactly like the weather we're having now. Like it was just torrential rain and it was, you know, prime summertime and there was just nothing to do in Byron when it was raining. Mm. And um, he was from WA and he'd never been to Queensland before. Mm -hmm. And he was like, why don't we go on a drive to Queensland? Just so I can say I've been to Queensland. Amazing. And I was like, okay, fun. Great. Meanwhile, my mum and my stepdad had just bought a property in Yukai, which is a town about 40 minutes out of Byron mm-hmm. and it's inland off the highway. Mm-hmm. And mum had said to me, oh, if you're going up to the Goldie, why don't you go to Yukai and, and check the house out? Amazing. There's no one living there. Like we owned it, but they hadn't moved into it yet. And I was like, okay, cool. And she said, when you go and see the house, go into the town and there's a cute little cafe there and you can have lunch and then hop back on the freeway. So we went and saw the house. We went to the cafe there was this really lovely woman working there and she said, oh, what are you guys up to today? And we said, oh, you know, this rain, we can't really do anything, so we're just going to drive up to the Goldie and, you know, insert person's name here has never seen the Goldie. And she said, oh, well, you know what you should do? You should take some of the back roads because all of the waterfalls will be falling because of the rain, which should have been clue number one. <laughs> Not to head to the waterfalls. Take the back roads because the weather has been so terrible that the waterfalls will look nice. Anyway, we were like, oh, my God, that's such a great idea. Genius. So we hop in the car and, guys, we had flip phones back then and I didn't have any charge on my phone. I must have been about half battery. Okay. And another backstory is I also had the flu. So I was quite sick and I, when I have the flu, um, my asthma flares up and so I always have Ventolin on me and my Ventolin was running out and we had decided that when we got to the Goldie, we'd go to a pharmacist and get a refill. Beautiful. So anyway, so we're going through the back streets and in that part of the Northern Rivers, there's lots of very small bridges that cross over rivers and creeks because there's lots of rivers and creeks in the back Northern Rivers, obviously. Anyway, as it started to rain and we were driving, we were looking on the side of the road and there were like all of these yabbies, like big yabbies on the side of the road. And boyfriend said to me, oh, my God, that's so cool. Look at those yabbies on the side of the road. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Neither of us thought, why Why the the fucking yabbies yabbies on the road? Shit. Sure sign the river is rising when the yabbies are on the road, right? Of course. 
Anyway, so we keep driving. We get to this one bridge and there's water lapping over it. But the car can drive through and there was a car in front of us and it drove through. So we kind of just followed it. Then we got to the next bridge and it was a little bit more precarious, but still drivable. So we drove over it. Then we get to the third bridge and it's it's really underwater. And we were in a tiny Toyota Echo. It was my car. And I said to boyfriend, um, I actually don't feel comfortable. I think we need to turn around. And he was like, oh, no, I, think we, I think we'll be okay. And I was like, no, no, I, I really think we should turn around. So we had about a f- maybe five-minute discussion about whether we were going to go forward or go back. We hadn't decided. And then he was like, okay, we'll go back. So it had only been five minutes. So we go to go back over the bridge we just came. Doesn't exist anymore. Completely oh, underwater. Jesus flooded jesus and i was like oh fuck and he's like it's okay we'll just go we'll just go we'll just keep going so we go to go back over the next bridge completely flooded within minutes it had disappeared jesus i feel terrified so we were stuck between two bridges and there was a road a dead end road that kind of went up the piece of land that we were on but really guys it was probably 20 metres between the two bridges. It wasn't a lot. And there were some houses up there. And um, I said, babe, what do we do? And he said, look, it's not raining heavily. I reckon the river will just, the tide will come down, mm. you know, if we just sit here for a few hours. I'm like, okay. So we sat in the car and I'm struggling to breathe and I'm feeling kind of sick and all the rest of it. And, and anxious as well. And anxious. And then this van pulls up on one side of the river and this old woman gets out of the van. And when I say old, she was in her 60s, very fit, but still older lady. She has all of these groceries that she's carrying and she starts wading across the river in the water. And I'm like, babe, she's going to get washed out because what had happened was the river had kind of gained speed and it was rushing quite fast that you could actually get swept away. And that's one of the reasons we didn't want to take the car through because I was like, the car will actually wash down the river totally. if it doesn't make it over the bridge. Anyway, so she's halfway through. She's almost hip deep in Shit. water. And I said, babe, oh, sorry, it's his name. Um, <laughs> you have to go in and get her. So he's like, fuck, you're right. I do have to go <laughs> in and get her. So he goes in and he grabs her groceries and, like, puts one arm around her and gets her through. Anyway, so she comes out on the other side and she's like, oh, what are you guys doing here? And I said, we're stuck between two bridges. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Come up to my place. Bring your car up to my house and I'll make you guys a cup of tea. Legends. It'll it'll go down in a, in a few hours. And we were like, okay. So we go up to this house. It was incredible. She built it with her husband who had p- passed um, out of big boulders and logs, <laughs> which sounds like it was incredible though, guys. Like it was a mansion, wow. but it was – Made of boulders and logs. Made of boulders and logs. And, like, the bathroom was open to the outside. Like, it was very it wow. was very cool. And and the creek ran at the back of the house. So you sat out on her porch and, like, watched the creek. Now, the creek was rushing at this point, And the electricity was generated through the <sighs> creek. So Jesus. they didn't have power lines. It was like um, – I don't know how it works. I guess it's like wheels that generate under the creek when wow. it's moving to create electricity. Wow. So they had to turn that off because it had been 
rushing so much. So she didn't have any electricity. She boiled the kettle on the stove. It was a gas stove, so that was all fine. Made us some tea. The rain did not let up. The sun went down and she said, look, I think you guys are going to have to stay here tonight. And we had this beautiful accommodation booked in Byron and we were like, oh, fuck. And I didn't have my Ventolin. My phone was running out of battery. And she said, look, it's fine. She goes, there's plenty of food in here. Um, And and Bay said, well, we'll make you dinner. So her her 40-year-old son lived with her too. He was a bit creepo. And we made them dinner. And that was fine. It was really nice. She set up a bed for us in the lounge room. And she's like, don't worry. By the morning, it will all be fine. Three days later, we had not left that house. I can't handle it. We had run out of food. The fridge wasn't on, so all of the milk had gone off in the fridge. All of the food that she had that was in the fridge had gone off. We were eating her out of house and home. And we weren't eating a lot because we were scared to eat her out of house and, and home. And you were sick. And I was sick and I didn't have my Ventolin. I would cough all night. I had fevers at this stage. Like, it was getting really bad. She And she started to turn on us a little bit. Yeah. And um, I said to Bay, we have to call the accommodation and say – because we, we had to check out the day we were still stuck there because all our stuff was in there. Yeah. And he – so he called them and they were like, don't worry, because the whole of the Northern Rivers was flooded. They're like, don't worry, the people that are coming in after you can't actually get here, so it's fine. We'll keep it. We're not going to charge you. Like, it's all good. Just stay safe. Um, we called my mum and we were like, Trish, how do we get the fuck out of here? And she's like, well, until the water goes down, you you, you can't. Like, you're just going to have to stay. Meanwhile, I was just getting more and more and more sick and – um. Bay was freaking out and he he said to me, I'll never forget this. He's like, we're going to have to call your dad and he's going to have to get us a helicopter. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, everyone was going so crazy at this point. I was like, who do you think my dad is? <laughs> I love that that's where his brain went and he was like being serious about it. Like a helipad, just we're going to have to do it. <laughs> we're going to have to get a helicopter. He's like, you're dying and we need to get you out of here. So it was very sweet. The only way he could pacify me was to read to me. And this woman had this most beautiful library in the house. It was just like floor to ceiling bookshelves. This is literally a movie. And he read me books every day just so I didn't slip into a delirious state. Anyway, fourth day we wake up and I, I remember waking up crying and saying, you have to get me out of here today. Like I cannot stay here another day. And he's like, I'll get you out. I'll get you out. So the rain had stopped. And he said, I'm going to go and check out the damage. So he's gone for like, I want to say three hours, but it was probably more like an hour, but it felt like forever. And he walks back in and he said, do you want the good news or the bad news? Mm-hmm. And I was like, good news. He said, the good news is that the main bridge that we came over, which was completely disappeared, is now visible and we can drive over it. And I was like, great, because the bad news is the bridge between us and that bridge doesn't exist anymore. It got swept away in the river. Oh, my God. And I was like, <laughs> and he's like, if we want to get out of here, we have to walk out of here. We, we're not going to be able to get the car off Shit. the property. So what had happened was there was a bridge that connected yeah, the road to, to Jenny's property and it had actually washed away. It didn't exist anymore. There was a hole about my height. I've got a picture of it from 
road and then like this massive hole and then to other side of the road oh my god so we were like all right so my car's staying here and we called my mum and because mum had bought the house she'd actually already driven her car up and it was up there and she said if you can get to the jeep then you can drive the jeep back to byron to your accommodation so she called a friend of hers up there who had the key and had organized because we didn't have any phones at this stage. No. And Jenny was freaking out about us using the phone. So she said, I'll call whatever his name was. I don't remember who her friend's name was. And he'll come and pick you up. And I was like, great. So it takes Bay and I about an hour of walking through water because a lot of the bridges were still underwater to get to this main bridge. And we don't know who we're waiting for, but I knew what the Jeep looked like. So I'm waiting for the Jeep to turn up. Anyway, we must have sat there for an hour or so and Nothing. no one had turned up. And I was like, we, we have to get you to a hospital, so let's go up to the freeway and hitchhike. And I was like, okay. We were so desperate at this point. Seriously. We'd been in the same underwear and clothes for four days. <gasps> we were so gross. Ugh. Anyway, so we get to the freeway. And we just start hitchhiking. And, guys, I am so terrified of hitchhiking, but that's how desperate we were. I can understand it. And um, I remember we got to the road and there was this farm of donkeys. And I was like, (laughs) are they donkeys? And he's like, they're donkeys. And I was like, thank God, because I thought I'd imagine them. I think I'm dying. (laughs) And then as we walked up the road, there was a farm of peacocks. It was so weird. The whole thing was so weird. Anyway, this car pulls over and these two guys are driving it. And we hop in the back and I was just like, I don't know about this. And Babe was like, it's fine, Joel. We just, it was the middle of the day. He's like, it's fine. We just need to get somewhere. And um, they go, you guys all right? What's going on? And I said, oh God, we just, you know, we've just been stuck in this house for four days. We got stuck in the flood. My car's stuck on her property. The guy turns around and he's like, Geordie. And I was like, (gasps) yes. And he was my mum's friend. And he's like, we couldn't bring the Jeep because um, we didn't have the key, but I've got the key now. We'll take you back to the Jeep. He's like, I thought we were going to meet you on the other side of the bridge. And I was like, I thought we were too, but then we couldn't see you. And And then so he took us. He took us to the Jeep. We took the Jeep back to Byron. We got all our stuff out. We spent $400 or something on dinner at Ray's because we were like, we need food and we need to celebrate. And then we had to fly back to Sydney. And I didn't get my car off that property for, I think it was six weeks before they built the bridge. Oh, my God. Yeah, and mum was living up here then and she went and got the car for me. And you had pneumonia at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. So then I had – we got back to Sydney and I had to go to hospital. And I remember the plane ride just being so bad because I could feel my head exploding. And um, they was like, we we should take you to a hospital. And, um, yeah, I had pneumonia. Have you ever spoken to the woman again? Jenny, yeah, well – my mum spoke to her because they lived in the same town. Um, and she she was she was quite a famous artist up here, actually. But, no, I haven't really spoken to her since then. That is the most wild story. It was wild. You know, it really – like, we'd, we'd been together maybe – I don't even know how many years. Maybe five years. So we had a pretty solid relationship at that point. But it really deepened our relationship. Oh, if you – that was literally life and death. Yeah, it in was. In a number of diff- – like, in a layered way. Yeah, no wonder – this is a thing, guys, when people are like, don't drive in torrential rain, 
this, this stuff is why. Yeah, and I honestly get trauma every time I'm driving up here in the rain because I know what's possible. And I was meant to be driving to a friend's house the other day and it was torrential. And I said, look, I just can't do it. I've got so much trauma around back roads and rain that it's just not even worth it. For no, me. I get it. I get it. And I guess that comes back to the wind as well. Like your system knows what feels safe and what doesn't feel safe. So trust that because you don't want to end up yeah. four days in a random house I just can't even handle that story. No. And also, I guess, be conscious of other drivers and what trauma they're holding. Oh, my God. Yeah, everyone's carrying trauma. I guess the moral of this entire episode (laughs) is think about your trauma and the trauma of others (laughs) and forever hold your peace. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You've been listening to The Middle. Uh, Follow us on Facebook. Just search The Middle Podcast Show or on Instagram at The Middle Podcast. If you'd like to join the newsletter, you can find the link in our show notes in the link uh, of the bio of our Instagram or just search it on um, in the Facebook group. It's really that simple, isn't it? It's so easy. We just don't want to complicate things these days. Life is complicated enough. <laughs> oh, where are you getting all of this from? <laughs> Catch you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started